get excited when you find your blocks because now you can unblock and reprogram, but then you can start to take action that backs up that new belief that you're creating for yourself. Are you going to actually put yourself first and your needs first? From To Be Magnetic, this is The Expanded Podcast with your host, Lacey Phillips. And your host, Jessica Gill. As the leading destination for neural manifestation, we dispel the woo-woo in order to help you create real, tangible results based on neuroplasticity, psychology, epigenetics, and energetics. Our goal is to normalize the practice of manifestation and empower you to get into the driver's seat of your life in order to manifest the experiences, relationships, and things that most align with your authenticity. Part of our manifestation process entails expanding past your limiting subconscious beliefs. Therefore, by tuning into this podcast with interviews from experts, thought leaders, spiritual teachers, scientists, and those with neural manifestation success stories, you're starting the process of expanding your subconscious in order to see to believe that anything you desire is possible. And by pressing play, the process begins. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Expanded. Happy 2023. I hope you guys are off to a wonderful but slow and restorative new year. I feel like that is the vibe and the energy this year, all about being intentional, allowing ourselves to rest if we need to rest and really ease into this year. So our manifestations and our new ways of being and up-leveling can be sustainable Instead of the typical sprint to everything and then give up, we want a long-term shift and goal for our new versions of self. So on today's episode, we are diving into what is blocking your manifestation. This is a question I got asked a lot when people were going through the challenge is seeing, okay, these are my tests, but I'm not quite sure the block underneath of it or what I need to do to move through it. And it's so interesting because a lot of times our biggest blocks really root down to our core wound and limiting belief. So no matter what the manifestation is, what is a core wound where you are still settling for an old behavior, belief dynamic about yourself that you're being asked to change up level, not settle for anymore. We really talk about how we are manifesting truly from our inner child. And that's why it's so important to utilize the new inner child deep imagining that we just released in week four of the challenge. We also dive into Lacey's manifestation story thus far in the challenge. I share my manifestation story with manifesting my dream winter getaway. That was so kismet. I share a little bit more about it in the outro as well. And then Lacey really talks about how people can get really comfortable in their struggle and ways that you can navigate stepping through that, how getting comfortable in the struggle is actually one way that we could be blocking our potential and reconnecting with our authenticity. This is such a good episode. Listening back, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so powerful. And Lacey shares so vulnerably about her manifestation story with manifesting her dream home farm. It is just awesome. So many good takeaways. I hope you all enjoy. And now a word from our partners. 
So as you guys know, we are obsessed with sustainability. What are ways we can use less plastic, help the environment, get rid of garbage, dispose of waste, be as sustainable as possible. And one of our favorite products we've introduced in the last year is Bite Toothpaste Bits. And Bite really solves two problems with one incredible product. So one, there is a ton of plastic waste of our toothpaste tubes that we're throwing out every year. There's so much plastic that gets discarded from them. And there is also a ton of harsh chemicals that are in toothpaste. In order to have paste, you have to have water in it and to keep water stable and not creating any germs. There's a lot of additives, harsh chemicals, artificial flavorings, preservatives, things that you don't need to be putting in your mouth. And fun fact, did you know that you swallow five to 7% of your toothpaste every single time you brush your teeth? That means you're swallowing an entire blob of toothpaste every seven days. So if your toothpaste is not clean, think of how many harsh chemicals or additives you could be ingesting. So Bite set out to create a product that is in a refillable glass jar, completely recyclable, and has the cleanest toothpaste on the market. They are dry toothpaste bits, so they don't need the water, which means they don't need any additives or preservatives for the water. It's 100% clean ingredients that are sulfate-free, palm oil-free, glycerin-free, a lot of things that you'll find in other natural toothpaste. And I absolutely love the fact that they have a natural alternative to fluoride. They have the fluoride option if that's what you want, but if you're looking for fluoride-free, they have nanohydroxypate, which helps strengthen and restore your enamel. It helps support sensitivity issues. So if you are a hard brusher and you wear and tear your gums or you're someone who grinds their teeth at night and your gums are a little bit more sensitive, the one with nanohydroxypate is going to support it so much. I love how convenient Bite is. It will just deliver to your doorstep every month or every couple of months, depending on how big your package is. You can travel with it. So if you're moving around a lot, you don't have a huge tube of toothpaste that you can't even get through security most of the time. You just have the little bits. They're so easy. You just pop them in, take a bite. It'll start to froth up. You can brush your teeth with it. My teeth feel so clean afterwards. They've also never been healthier. Every single time I go to the dentist, they're like, what are you doing to your teeth? They are so healthy. We barely even need to clean them. So I really attribute that to my good oral health care with Bite Toothpaste. And if you guys are interested in testing them out, we have a special offering for our listener for 20% off your first order with code MAGNETIC. That's capital M-A-G-N-E-T-I-C. Again, the code is magnetic for 20% off your first order. You can go to trybite.com backslash magnetic and see all that Byte has to offer. Lacey here to talk about Bond Charge, formerly Blue Blocks. One of their new products that I think is really, really cool They came out with a really, really incredible ice face roller that's super affordable. I've been using that daily. So lately I've been swimming in the ocean every single day and it's just been really wonderful for my body. So that threw me into this whole spin of, I guess, biohacking, but also beauty hacking. I think they go hand in hand. So essentially I would swim in the ocean And then I would come home and use their red light therapy device called their mini on my face. And then after doing that for a good 20 to 30 minutes, I would then, you know, put all of my serums on and I would use the ice roller, which I'm still using daily on my skin. And it was bonkers. So combined with the beautiful minerals of the sea 
pulling all of the positive ions out in the sea and then doing the red light therapy and then really, really sinking in the serums on my face and shrinking the pores with the ice roller. I mean, it's just really, really, really crazy what happens with both of those devices simultaneously. And it's crazy. I even had now my dear friend who helps support us with Teddy. I was like, you have to try this because she talked about how her old roommate would walk around her house always using an ice roller. She's like, I should maybe try that. And then she started trying the Bond Charge one. And I got a text. I think it was two days after she started trying it. And she was like, this is noticeably different on my face. So highly recommend if you're looking for a really cool, not only biohacking, there's so many benefits to using red light therapy that we understand, cell regeneration, reducing fine lines. Look, I'm still in the anti-aging. But if you can use these devices that are really beneficial on a cellular level, on a DNA level, that also happen to be biohacking and are good for you, it's just a win-win. So just wanted to pop on and chat about that. If you're new to Bond Charge, use the code all caps magnetic, M-A-G-N-E-T-I-C to receive 15% off your purchase. Again, that's all caps M-A-G-N-E-T-I-C to receive 15% off any purchase. All right, on to the episode. Welcome, Lacey. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. Happy New Year. We were just offline talking about how great the holidays were. And at TBM, we take, you know, like a full week off from Christmas to the New Year's. It's so refreshing. And I just got to hear how wonderful yours was. Mm -hmm. I really feel like this year, there is a lot of, and maybe it's something in astrology, but a lot of emphasis on people really needing rest and ease and even jumping back into the new year. Like, yeah, everyone had their workout every day, blah, 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 things going on. But I think that the deeper feeling from everyone is like, let's take it slow. We don't need to sprint back into this year. Let's take it beat by beat and start to integrate some of the rest that we had over the holidays. Have you felt that? Yeah. And here in LA, we've been fortunate enough to have two weeks of rain. So it was really nice to get back to LA in the rain and lean into what you're talking about. It didn't feel like sunny, like you have to do things and get going. It's like, wow, this is so nurturing and reflective and grounding. So yeah, it's exactly the truth for me as well. And I think most people that I know of friends, et cetera. So I totally agree. So we're in the middle of the challenge. We're in week five, another big unblocking week. And I was sharing this on on my stories, but part of the reason we have a lot of unblocking in this challenge is because it takes repetition and emotional intensity to create those new neural pathways. But especially when we're, I think, coming back from the holidays, whether you had a restful one or you're busy with family, whatever was happening, there was likely a change of perspective. And now we're ushering back into the routine we had before. And I feel like a lot of tests, triggers, blocks start to pop up because you're like, oh, wait, okay, now I'm clear on what I want, but like, I don't know how to get it. And how do I get it fast? Or dang, I didn't get as much rest as I wanted. And how do I deal with that? Or even the anxiety of like a lot of people coming back to work. I feel like that was a big one. And it's funny, I even felt last night a little bit of anxiety of like, oh gosh, work, but I love work. So I was like, wait, this doesn't add up. This doesn't make sense. Why am I stressed about work? And I did the inner child DI on it last night. And it was my C 
senior year old Jess, who was scared to go back to school because all her friends left for college. <gasps> oh, it was like the FOMO and alone. And yep. isn't that so, I mean, it's not so interesting at this point, but for new listeners and even seasoned listeners, really any anxiety, any feelings, any trigger, anything that's a hurdle in our life today has nothing to do with what's going on today. Is that crazy? It really is wild. And I think when you almost like a mesh with that, it's, oh no, it's this reality that's causing this pain point. It's like, yes, don't want to invalidate that there could be like something hard you're processing through right now. But the reason it's so activating is because it hits with something else. Always, 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 always. And I think people fail to remember that in the moment of the tension, the tools are just right there. <laughs> I, myself included, when I get heated or, you know, I'm really spinning out on something, it's like, hey, wait, why don't I just stop and I'll go do the unblocking DI on this or the trigger DI on this. What am I doing sitting here spinning out about this? And then I realize it has nothing to do with really what's going on. It's just touching on an old wound that I just need to address. A hundred percent. And that's kind of the theme for the episode today is finding what's blocking your manifestation. This is one of the exercises we had in the challenge. It's one of the exercises in the how to manifest workshop under finding your blocks. But I think people have sometimes a hard time seeing between the lines of how blocks can correlate to specifically their manifestations. They can see just general places in their life where their blocks are, but it's kind of getting very intentional and seeing what your block is in relation to a specific manifestation that's coming up for you. Amen. So, okay, just for anyone new who might be tuning in, when we're talking about blocks, blocks are all the pain, shame, programming, the limiting beliefs, the core wounds that are created in your subconscious that keep us from truly believing that the things we want are possible and prevent us from connecting with our manifestations. They're energetically blocking out what you want to come through. And I almost want to like give the visual for someone to think about blocks I had this thought the other day, because you know how you have the example of expanded is allowing the runway to become visible for the plane to land. Mm -hmm. I almost see it as the plane, which is your manifestation, wants to land. It has space to land if you're expanded enough. But it's almost like the radar at the airport, which is your subconscious, is giving it signals not to land. Like it can't figure out where it needs to go because it's being told to keep circling or not land or don't come through. And what the radar or your subconscious is actually saying is allowing tests to land or things that you settle for before to land and stay in alignment with until the radar is at the subconscious self-worth with the plane, then it will tell it to land. Otherwise, it's just blocking it. That's a great way to look at it. Or it's the storm. Like you, mm. you're just going to keep flying. You know what I mean? There's nowhere to land. What you're saying makes sense because it's it's like you just don't see the path forward. Mm -hmm. And this is all subconscious that we're talking about. You know, so for the listener who's like, wait, what? It's really just like Jessica was saying, it's the, the old memories and the imprints that are looping. And either way you want to look at the analogy, that's exactly the case. And I know like some people are really turned off by the word block. Just know if you're triggered by that, it's, it's actually nothing to do with the word yourself. It's just something you're still like annoyed at or frustrated that you haven't manifested etc. Because energetically block, you can unblock. There's a solution there. So just looking at the block as it's just something that's still looping in your subconscious that is 
literally projecting out and saying, I'm really scared of this. I can't have this. I'm not lovable for this or worthy of this. And the beautiful thing is, is there is a solution. There's a healing. There's a way to subconsciously get down there and desensitize the emotions surrounding that experience. And then using neuroplasticity to reprogram or re-imprint that, wait a second, that had nothing to do with me. I'm actually really worthy and I am so lovable and it is okay. And, and I do want this, you know, so just noting that, that don't be too triggered or, or whatnot with the word block, because it's something that you can unblock, you can change. And we all have different variations of them. That's the whole reason the universe is dancing with us and mirroring experiences to us because it is really just trying to get us back into our whole worthy, authentic selves that we were born as before we experienced any pain, shame, or programming. And I love, I think you said this in the new workshop too, but like you are not blocked. Blocked is not your defining term. Block is is a movable piece. You don't need to see yourself as broken, needing to be fixed. Like you didn't do anything wrong. And in fact, looking at the blocks as survival mechanisms, you know, they were created out of a way for you to like cope or survive in a situation that didn't feel good to you, usually as a child then you can start to have some empathy for the blocks. It's almost like curiosity of like, why did this subconscious limiting belief even become created? What was it trying to do? How was it trying to provide safety, value, security, connection, love, et cetera? And then when we see it from that lens, it's almost like having empathy for the parts of us that attached to these blocks and held on to them. And then it's now the adult version of us saying, okay, I see why you were created. That was smart for that period of time. But now for what I want in life and my evolution, it's time for me to move through these blocks and start to create a new reality. Yeah, it's adaptability 101. And I think like you're saying, when you look at it with compassion, you lose that stigma. I also think it's, this is a huge key, you know, you explained this to me pretty deeply after you spoke with Janelle and you guys worked on the inner child script together, the new deep imagining we put out two weeks ago. And, you know, really being able to look into your inner child's eyes and really, really being able to connect with that empathy. It's really our inner child that's manifesting at all times. That's it. Like, it's just that simple. And when we're able to have like a tremendous amount of compassion, and it's not our parents' fault, it's not our caretakers' fault, it's not the environment's fault. They are just a product of what they came from. And so being able to take that empowerment back and being able to go, wow, I have to get compassionate, you know, with myself and my inner child and and able to go there and be there with them then there, from that place, I can start to discover why maybe I haven't connected with this manifestation yet. And knowing that there is a way to unblock, to expand and take aligned action that I will ultimately connect with my manifestation. I think the compassion piece and the empathy piece is the best way to lead in this work. It's, it just makes it faster and more empowered. Yeah. And there, there was something Janelle said when we were consulting for the inner child DI was that There is no greater way to move through shame and be able to show up in high self-worth than knowing that you are showing up for your inner child. 
Because I think when it's about us in the moment, we kind of enmesh. But when you sort of psychologically put your inner child as like one part of you that's inside of you, it's almost like your mama bear energy comes out and wants to protect it in a wholesome way. And when you can do that and you're like, oh, I understand this inner child. I love them. I care about them. I I believe in them. And then when you have a decision in real life where it's like, are you going to do that thing that's playing small and not honoring your inner child? Or are you going to actually stand in your worth? That's the thing that will push you over the edge and be like, no, I'm not settling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's hard. I'm even thinking about during this challenge, the things that I was unblocking in the test I was having to pass. That's hard. Like every time you're up against a new edge, it's hard, but it's, it's so worth it. A hundred percent. So Lacey, walk us through, yeah, even an example from you, what tests were presenting and how did you view those tests down to blocks and like a belief beneath it? Yeah. So I decided to approach the challenge with one very specific focused area of manifestation because I was like, I really want to use this time of accountability to not be loosey goosey and just like really dig in and super speed this focused area. And so something that Max and I talked a lot about, and we've been talking a lot about, you know, in the brand, you and I have had multiple conversations about diversification. I love being very diversified. I love finances and investing, but I love diversification because what diversification ultimately means to me is absolute freedom. Like I'm not beheld to any one place for finances that I can just be utterly free. So, you know, if like to be magnetic crumbled tomorrow, it's fine. I have a lot of other things that can provide income. And, you know, same with those other things, like it's all very diversified. And I love that to me as an Aquarius, it just feels so, uh, there's no pressure on me from anywhere. And so one focus that I was really wanting to take through this challenge is, you know, I love real estate because I love design. That's a huge part of my authentic code. My authentic code, just as a reminder, number one is family and memories, family moments, memories, experiences. Number two is design. Number three is finance, you know, and and what we're talking about. And four is spirituality, self-care. And so going through the challenge, I had this specific thing that I was like, what is the thing I can focus on this coming year that I am now expanded enough in, I've done enough that will hit all of those pieces of my authentic code. And so what that turned out to be is creating more properties for passive income because I Airbnb a lot of our properties that we have and have in the past with the forest house, et cetera. So I'm seasoned, I'm expanded in it. And so I was really batting around, what does this look like? And the moment that I started week one, I started to focus on two list items. One is I always love the thought of in my hometown, Mariposa, where I'm from, where the forest house is, I've always had this dream of buying up like the old Victorian buildings and then just making something really special for the community through them, but also providing passive income, whether it's that I'm renting the spaces out or Airbnb in the spaces, et cetera. So that was one, one aspect of a major manifestation on my list. And the one that's been ongoing for the last four years has been the family farm. And so literally the moment we started the challenge and I created that list, It was this quick that my mom sent me a picture of this place that had a for sale sign up on it. 
across from this really sweet little cafe in Mariposa. I called this incredible realtor who was a friend's mom. And I just said, is this place still on the market? You know, I want to get it. She knew the seller realtor really well. And I said, feel free to whisper in their ear. If there are any bumps in escrow, just let them know they have someone who's interested in buying it cash because it would be a really hard property to finance as it's commercial. And so she calls me back later and she's like, it's actually falling out of escrow in general. So your wish is my command. Uh, And so I know it's crazy. We get into it. It's all going really smoothly. And when I got up there, finally, after our holiday party to look at it, and it was the day of inspections, it just felt like such a bigger project than I had envisioned. Not only was it a cosmetic remodel, even though it was an old Victorian place, it didn't have a lot of its true character. So I would have had to, from interior, exterior, recreate that from the ground up after inspections. And so... I batted that around with Max a lot. And he was like, Lacey, for the return that you'll see on it, you would have a lot of output. I'd have to be managing the contractors and going through all of those hoops. I've been through remodels. I know what that's like. And he's like, wouldn't you like to do that like we're currently doing at our other Topanga place where you see a really good return every month from Airbnb? And I was like, fuck, you're right. But my big test here was that I didn't want to let down the realtor. Like I knew for her, this would still be a really nice commission for her. And you felt like it was a favor too, right? Because it was through yeah, your last friend. Yeah, exactly. And then on top of that, this is how the universe made it so challenging. The day after inspections, I had said, and I'll just be transparent because I don't, I actually don't mind this at all. I think it's expensive. The selling price was four sixty, and I. After seeing inspections and stuff, I was like, the only thing I would ever consider paying on this is three fifty. dollars after that. It's such an overhaul. And basically, that was the case. They came back and said, the sellers will do it for three fifty. I was even still like, ah. So I had to really use that inner child week to just unblock and go like, dude, I'm not letting anybody down. What? I'm going to take this on as a favor? Like, what am I thinking? So it was a lot of worth stuff there I had to go through that felt like that kid that, you know, someone won't like me or I'm going to let them down, that piece. And then also like these sellers are now willing to go there and I had said it and I'm still going to pull out. So anyways, I had to really do a lot of unblocking there. And at the same time, something I had been focused on because we have a family ranch that's, you know, was my grandparents. And then when they passed away, it was left to my dad and his sister. And and I'm looking at the ranch and I'm like, I would have the means over time to fix this place up. And I had to take a moment and go, this is my dad's now. I have to surrender to whatever he wants to do with this. I have to let it go. It's not my dream to have that be my place. I hate the heat. It's very hot there in the summer. It's not my place to rescue. It's his experience. So I had to do a lot of inner child work around letting that go and a really big realization that came up for me. And I think this has been a huge block of anybody who's been following for a while, blocking me from our family. Like I've been calling in a family farm you know, that's in a cool weathered place that's old, that I can fix up, that has multi-units on it, that's kind of like a compound. And I think that this family ranch has been blocking that because there's a piece of me that feels so sentimentally connected to it. Because like I've expressed a lot, my grandparents helped raise me and all of my happy inner child moments are from that place. Like it's making me emotional, actually. Like, I know it's like I had to in the inner child work, I had to really go like, 
they bought this place. They didn't inherit it. They didn't save it. They created this. I have to let this go and create my version of this. So mm. whew, clearly I still have some inner child work to do on it. But when I could really get to that place of understanding and that expansion that like they created their version of this. And ultimately they were my first expanders because during the time that they were raising me, they had this coast house, you know, in the Santa Cruz coast and they had this ranch. And so it's interesting that I'm somebody who's always wanted to create having multiple home experiences. So when I could get clear on that, they created that. They didn't save something. They didn't inherit it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to walk away from this place that's in escrow. I've done the work on it. I can't do this as a favor for other people. Bam. That day, I had three different people send me this listing for the particular place now that I have an offer in on. Three different people who know me well. They were like, I feel like you would like this place. It's been on the market for two months. It had no movement on it. It's Northern California, my whole list. And I went, holy shit. And I actually have a friend who has a place there and has multiple friends there who Airbnb, et cetera. And I asked her, I was like, what do you think about this place? I've been through the area, I've spent time. But, and she was like, oh my gosh, you have to talk to my realtor. Bam, they went to look at it together, sent me tons of videos. We did a walkthrough and they put an offer in and they've just countered and I'm going up next week to look at it. So I don't know if this is like the big shiny carrot test, you know, if I'm about to go into a magic dark or this is the place, but because of the challenge and doing that deep inner child work that I obviously clearly have a little bit more to do, as well as really this week of free deep imaginings where you choose your own deep imagining. It's just been tons of the unblocking DI on like boundary work, everything that's coming up, speaking my truth, et cetera, that regardless if this is it or not, I'm so close. And it's because of the challenge, because I've been like held accountable on a weekly schedule, had to do it in community, knowing I have to hop on Instagram every week and share, like it's <laughs> happened so fast because of this. So those were the tests. Wow. Okay. Wait, two things I really want to point out is just for everyone who's like listening and like pulling so much out of your story. The main biggest blocks that you face in relation to these two was having the tests around, okay, yes, it's a it's an opportunity test of this actual potential Victorian home, but the emotional test underneath of it is this feels like a no and I'm scared to say it's a no because I don't want to disappoint someone, to make them not feel good enough. So you had to go in and be like, okay, where else have I felt like if I put myself first that it's going to harm other people? Can I reassure my inner child? No, you're okay. You're allowed to put your needs first. And even the fact that you're in your conscious state, like that's ridiculous. Why would I take on a massive project as a favor? That's not a favor <laughs> to someone, but your subconscious, there's still a part of it or there was still a part of it that was like, oh, but what if they don't like me or what if this happens? So you need to work through that. And then the other big block is that, it almost sounds like grief for letting go of this family property and feeling like, oh, wow, it'd be such an honor to take it on. But knowing, and that's why the authentic self comes in so important, it is not your authentic dream, even though it was so emotionally connected to your family. And I think like a really big 
note on top of everything you just highlighted, how much of that is undertone, like stuff we wouldn't even look at if we didn't have this process, because I would have never taken a look at, wait, whoa, is this family ranch blocking me in some way? And it, it really has been. There has always been this attachment to it. And the knowing like, oh, I'll probably step in and and take care of this, you know, and having to really let that go. Like, that's not even something that would be on our conscious radar, you know, as Mm -hmm. someone, whereas the other piece might be a little bit more obvious. So it's just like really, really looking everywhere at the undertones, I think is so big. And when you decided, okay, I have to let that property go, did you have to have a conversation with your dad? What did that action step look like? No, like what that looked like for me, it was actually, no, whoa, what I really did was in the deep imagining, I brought my grandmother forward who, you know, was so connected to it. Like it's going to make me emotional. <laughs> but this is how this work feels when you're really. Yes, it really you know, is. <laughs> this is the deal. When people write in and they're like, I'm not manifesting. I'm like, are you doing this? Like, is this? are you like really getting to the bottom of things? And I had to have a conversation with her and basically asking her, like, show me, help me find the next place where I can give these experiences to Teddy. That was the big thing, which she's already getting into (laughs) But, you know, like having that true experience because things that I remember about our coast house, for instance, we would go and get fresh crab. We would shuck oysters. There would be a lot of time on the beach together. It was just, it was a very grounded interactive experience. And we definitely do things like that with Teddy here, but not to that extent that if we were in somewhere that's a lot more raw and slow paced and quiet, you know, and the thing I've always been really transparent about is I'm so sensitive to heat. Like my adrenals are so sensitive to heat. So people coin the term summering at places. I want to coin the term autuming at places. (laughs) Like I want an (laughs) autumn house so that the moment that the weather is over 78, I'm out of here until November. But yeah, that was the piece really craving that, you know, marine farm surrounded by farm experience for her to have that you know, is so sacred and it's not anywhere near a big city. It's just so much more salt of the earth and grounded. And between my grandparents' two places growing up with them, I had that experience. And so I'm definitely craving that. And so that's what I did. It was really, I think people can kind of do this in their own ways, but to really send that message from my subconscious so clearly to the universe, I called her in and I was like, help me cut this tie and help me find my version of this. Work with me from the other side. That's how I did it. And even just being able to have a moment of gratitude for your family farm in Mariposa, having a moment of like, okay, I can acknowledge how much joy that brought me as a kid and how much safety and how many incredible memories I had there. And to keep those memories alive, I don't need to keep the place. You know, it doesn't mean having that forever. 
And like, that's the thing, you know, my dad has it now and Teddy's going to have her very own version of her relationship with it, with him, you know, cause he's a roper and a rider and a cowboy, like it's already started. So realizing that my experience, how it looked doesn't have to be her experience there, but she will have an experience. So it was a lot of that. It was a lot of unwinding and getting clear but in the subconscious plane, not just in my conscious mind of like, oh, consciously, this makes sense. I had to like really get in there with my inner child and do that together. Yeah. It wasn't even the opportunity test saying no to the Victorian place. It was the the emotional trigger test beneath it, which was, I can't, I don't want to people please. I don't want to let someone down. Because I think that's one place people miss their tests and their blocks and the way that they are communicating their worth in real time. That was definitely something that had popped up for me as one of my blocks. Is there anything else for your story, Lacey, that you think would be important to share? No, I think at this point of the challenge, I hope it's motivating enough to um, continue the challenge, guys. Oh, (laughs) hell yeah. (laughs) Get on it, man. Like use it. You look at me, I've been doing this for how long and, and I truly have created the life that I desire, but look at how much more I can dig in and And how much more I can get out of it and get even closer to not only my authentic self, but my authentic wants and needs. So I hope that sharing that, you know, motivates others that like, let's do this together. Let's see this through. Thank you so much for sharing, Lacey. I think that was so powerful and it's really going to touch so many. And I thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing the emotions behind it, because that is such like when people say they're like, yeah, I am blocked. I'm like, but did you feel that? Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm always like, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> and it's okay if you did, like if you do the DIs and you're not feeling it yet, you just, uh, Daniel and I call it like having really strong protectors that like don't want you to feel the emotions yet. They're protecting you from feeling emotions. You just got to keep chipping away at it because eventually you will hit it. And one way that gets me in, in the gut or like always helps me tap in closer when you have a test or an emotional dynamic coming up, when you feel that emotional activation, it's like, yeah, but what did like the inner child version of you need? Speak to them right now. Right. And that's when you're like, oh, shoot. Okay. And then the tears just come from that. It gets you, <laughs> man. It gets you down. No, it's totally. And, and that's the, not the goal. It's where you're manifesting from. So mm-hmm. like only you can be honest with yourself if you're there or not. So I'm quickly interrupting this episode to invite you if you're ready to start your manifestation journey, or if anything you've heard in our manifestation episodes has piqued your interest to begin. We have a la carte workshops in everything from the basics bundle, which is what we recommend to everyone who starts. It's the formula that actually teaches you how to manifest, unblocked inner child, and unblocked shadow. We also have a la carte workshops on love and money. But the real gem is the Pathway membership because it encompasses every single workshop we have. It's a year-long membership with full access to the few a la carte offerings we have, and 
exclusive workshops not available anywhere else, such as the daily practice, which is what everybody in the pathway uses, hopefully at least three times a week to daily in order to truly create the new neural pathways that one needs in order to manifest and houses the library of our deep imaginings, which is our unique hypnosis process that allows you to get into your subconscious and overwrite those old neural pathways, creating the new ones. You can use our special code EXPANDED, all caps, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D, to receive $20 off your first a la carte workshop purchase or $20 off your first month of the pathway. Again, that's all caps, EXPANDED, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D. Okay, now back to the episode. So one big manifestation I was calling in was this dream winter getaway. My soul was craving winter, being from the East Coast, and really just a magical, relaxing time. The authentic self-DR really helped clarify how much I craved and needed that. And it's funny because my authentic code, I added in magic and snow and winter always remind me of magic and tapping into that energy and that awe-inspiring piece. And then also with this getaway, it touched on home because it was a memory trip that I was building with Daniel in a cool atmosphere and vibe and decor, which is all part of my home authentic code. And then it also touched on innovation because I feel the most inspired for innovation, newness, freshness after being around awe-inspiring nature and rest and relaxation. So I wanted to be in environments that sparked that innovation impact magnitude, so to speak. And I actually want to know your your thoughts on this, Lacey, because obviously the trip had a timeline, like it was going to be over our winter break. And we don't put deadlines on manifestations. So it's almost like an interesting caveat. And a few other people had asked to, you know, I have to move out of my home by this date. Can I manifest a new place to be in? Is that setting a deadline? What's your thoughts on that? So my whole take on it is, especially when you're starting out, we're really desperate. And usually setting deadlines comes from a desperate place. It's just so often never going to happen because if you're in a desperate energy, not making this even about frequency or anything, it means you're in a blocked in a non-expanded space. Because if you were, you'd be in deep surrender. That's what unblocked and expanded feel like. And so... For someone who's been seasoned and been doing this for a long time, the answer is like 100% you can do it, especially if you're, you've reached that place of unblocked, expanded. You're in such a flow because you're living in a constant state of unblocked, expanded, aligned action. You're living so truthfully to your authentic self, et cetera. Of course, no problem. Because where I really state that is in how to manifest, what's how to manifest, it's usually the entry-level workshop. Most people coming to that for the first time are in a desperate state. And I will say, like, I almost never, or I don't ever put a deadline on things. I still don't either. Yeah, because it's still don't, but stuff happens very quickly and no problem. Yeah, but for even this trip in particular, like we always take some sort of a trip over the holidays and I've always manifested a really good experience. So I was like, well, we do this every year. I know I can do it. That's expansion. Yeah, so I, I already knew writing the list that it was so possible because we've done it. Or even when we take like our, you know, we had our summer trip in Topanga that was so last minute we planned and that lined up perfectly. So I already knew like this is so possible. I've done it so many times. 
But yeah, I was definitely cognizant when people are like, but did you put a deadline on it? I didn't put exact dates. I just knew over the holidays and I didn't put how many days. And I really got to core essence. I really got to the things I wanted to feel. I wanted to feel restful, awe-inspiring nature, luxurious, cozy cabin vibes, good restaurants to eat at, small town vibes, something walkable that I could go to but able to explore Part of it, and this is why the blocks are so interesting how they come through, is we were planning which ski town it was going to be. We had three that in our guts felt really good, but we weren't quite sure which one to to go through. And I had this one moment when we were going to go book this or before we were going to go book this, and I was like, our plan every year is to go back to Jersey, spend Christmas with my family, first my dad, then my mom, and then go off and have our vacation. And the idea of traveling to the East Coast and then coming back to the West Coast just felt so exhausting. I I didn't even want to have like a conversation and catch up with anyone. I wanted full isolation for a couple of days, just quiet in nature. And I had this realization where I don't think I'm actually going to go home for the holidays this year. And this is big for me. I am obsessed with Christmas. Christmas to me is like how you describe the memories you have on your family farm. They're the happiest times for me as a kid and thinking about not having it was really hard. And I had to have the conversation with both my mom and dad and I knew it was going to bum them out. But I was like, I have to put myself first. If I don't do it now, like when? When do I get to have live my life and put my joy first? And so I had to have really tough conversations. But my block was having that conversations with them. Both of them were totally fine. My mom was actually even more supportive than I would have imagined because she's in the midst of selling her house. So she's like, oh yeah, I'm stressed. That would be great if you guys didn't come home. That's awesome. So they were great. And and then you have to process a little bit of the grief of like, okay, this tradition that meant so much to me is shifting. And that's hard. What does it mean to not go home for the holidays? And how do I craft a new tradition going forward? Like this is the first year Daniel and I are engaged and thinking about starting a family together and getting married. And so it's like, well, okay, is there a new tradition that we can craft that honors our needs and all of that? And so after I set that boundary and had that conversation, I was like, all right, universe, show me which town, like I want a little insight of what the cool spots to go to or whatever. And I got tagged in a magnetic meetup that was in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, which is one of the towns we were looking at. And one of the girls is a blogger that does all mountain town stuff, restaurants and where to go and and the hotels and the adventures and everything. And I was like, how is this possible? Like, what are the odds? Connected with them. It was so incredible. I had a couple other little tests come up. The tests come up were like boundary crossing. A friend said something that was, I don't, I don't think they meant it meanly, but they said it and it came off in a mean way. And I was voice noting with Heather about it. And she was like, yeah, but did you actually communicate how that made you feel to your friends? And I was like, no, because I know they didn't mean it like that. And it would hurt their feelings if I brought it up. And she was like, but by you not communicating it, you're subconsciously telling yourself that it's not safe for you to communicate your needs openly and like have a relationship where you can share that. Like I thought I was in my power by not saying anything because I was just processing the feelings. But in fact, she pointed out that not saying anything, not speaking up, 
was communicating that my needs don't really matter, that I'm putting her needs of feeling uncomfortable over my needs of sharing how it felt. And as a people pleaser, I was like, okay, we're going in. Damn. And had to go in and say, I know you didn't mean it this way, but this is, you know, when you said this, this is how it felt. And, you know, I just am hoping for more support from a friend, blah, blah, blah. And they were so apologetic and they were apologetic in a way where I didn't have to caretake their emotions, which was, I don't want to say my worst fear, but that was definitely a fear. I was like, oh, they're going to feel so bad. And then I'm going to have to reassure them that everything's okay. And like, that doesn't feel good. And they completely surprised me and were totally fine. Really apologetic said, yeah, when I said that, I, I, it didn't feel good to say. I didn't mean it to come out like that. And it's a simple thing. It wasn't a huge reaction for me. I could have totally let it go. But I think because I was like, no, I deserve to like have relationships where I can speak openly about things, not attack, but just have a conversation that shifted. And then our flights lined up the next day and then our stay lined up perfectly in the cozy cabin by the luxury hotels that we could just get into and have drinks or dinner at. It was unreal. And it really teaches you that the block for this particular trip of rest was, are you going to actually put yourself first and your needs first? And that's like the whole theme of the challenge for you so Mm -hmm. far. From not going home for Christmas and having those conversations to that. That's so interesting. That's fantastic. When you think about the blocks, part of it is, okay, can I put my needs first? Your gut is like, yeah, of course I can. But what actions are you taking that are not doing that? What ways are you still signaling that your needs are not first? Having those conversations with the friends, doing this, what are all the ways that you can put those needs first? And then the other part, and I was kind of touching on this in the beginning is, well, why does this part of me not feel safe to put my needs first? Oh, well, I feel like things will fall apart or I'll be rejected or I'll really upset someone and hurt someone. And it's facing that fear and stepping through that fear of that might happen, but will I still be okay? Right. And then knowing that all will be okay after that, you're totally protected and held. A hundred percent. That's a big thing I'm working through right now for sure. Okay. If I make this choice for myself, it could have a ripple effect, but ultimately I will be fine and taken care of. Yes. And we always talk about stepping through the fear. You know, we talked about it in the re-air last week with the why test mean your manifestation is close. Stepping through that fear is that magnetism because it's showing in real time with action the work that you've been doing in the subconscious. When you have the reprogramming moments and you sit with that subconscious and then you're like, okay, it's scary. It's painful. I've had the conversation with that friend in my mind, but now I'm going to actually take the step and do it. It's so, so powerful. So powerful. And like you start to realize really quickly, like who's on your plane or not too, you know, based on their reactions and who's where you're at right now and worth that time and and who has some catching up to do or you have catching up to do, which I think is really powerful too. I feel like something about this challenge too, and I think the inner child DI last week really helped bolster it is just having that oh, hell no, I'm not doing that. Like there is a new level of no settling that's popping into my essence that you always say like you can't fake it. It's just a feeling. And when it shifts, it shifts. And I feel like I'm definitely in that moment of like, I'm not settling for that stuff anymore. Like we are actually putting ourselves first now. 
It's great. I love it. Amazing. Oh, so cool. So I just want to give a couple other examples just so you guys can see how certain blocks connect even further. I can actually share a block that my mom had with her house, which was really powerful. That kind of gets the root of things. So she's in the midst of selling her house and she was journaling on all of her blocks. She's doing the challenge with us. And you know, some of the blocks were her connecting her worth with the house. Like if they were like, oh, this needs to be updated or maintained, she would feel like, oh, they don't like me. Right. So she did a lot of healing around that and started to pull that apart and recognizing like, it's a house built in the 60s. It's going to have stuff wrong with it. It has nothing to do with me. I'm fine. And tying it down to like, you know, moments of rejection in childhood amongst peers and those sorts of connections. But one of her biggest blocks and we were kind of voice noting back and forth on this. And I was like, well, what would it mean for your house to actually come through? Is there a block of you actually wanting to sell it? Like what part of you doesn't want to sell it? That's the big obvious one. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, oh, it would mean that I would come into a lot of money. And like, I've never had that sum of money in one thing. And that scares the shit out of me. Oh, wow. So it gets back to your savings thing mm-hmm. when we were talking about finance. Yep. And so that was exactly it. She was like, I'm scared to actually have money because I've always been like kind of, oh, you have to save and be, you know, frugal or this or that or whatever. And she's having to sit with, okay, what would it feel like to have money and, and to let go of being in lack? It's almost like if she had it, she can't hold on to that lack mentality anymore. This is one thing I want to share and not just specific to your mom, but I've dealt with this actually a lot in many different phases of upgrading. And there's a comfort in struggle that we get very comfortable with because it's a place we've been in. And struggle doesn't have to mean financial. It can be many different areas of life. And when we heal out of that, there's a lot of things that can be attached to it. Like I remember when I started to make more money than I was making as a struggling actress for a while, a struggling waitress. And and I had to like go, whoa, this means that I'm not like my mom anymore, you know, who is always in lack. There's a comfort that we can get into with struggle. And I only highlight this because I think a lot of us It can happen in dating. It can happen with friendships. It can happen calling in pets, et cetera. Looking at that, where am I comfortable in an unempowered state? Because it feels so known and safe. I love that you guys stumbled upon this because it's actually something that I think is more common than than we all let into. So, so common you know, my mom had me to, to look at, but also she, she came to a lot of the conclusions herself, which I was really proud of. How would you have someone start to like, even examine, am I doing this? Am I comfortable in my struggle? Am I scared to let go of my struggle? Yeah. I think the person has to get to the root of what the struggle represents to them. So like, watch, I think we can highlight it in real time. What did your mom, what did the lack represent to her? Well, there was definitely a period of her growing up when her dad was out of work for a very long time and it was very scary. And I think what imprinted for her, you never know when the rug can be pulled out and you always have to be prepared. 
And so I think for her staying in a lack mindset is like, that's my way of always being prepared. Or always being protected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh And so I think part of it is that. And if she had to actually be like, no, I have money, I can spend it. It's almost like letting her guard down on the like hypervigilance around the money and trust basically. I think, yeah, we're basically, I think the theme of the episode is really interesting. I think it's the theme of the work. I hate to hammer it home so much, but really being able to realize I'm really just manifesting from where my inner child is in ratio to the subject I'm calling in. Wherever my inner child still lies within the subject and my subconscious, that's what I'm manifesting from. And it's so interesting because you highlighted two really important things. Number one, the block there is if I'm like this, I'll always be safe. You know, I'll always be protected, even though in her conscious life and mind has far surpassed all of that. That's what's still looping. So the universe then is starting to mirror back those experiences and test to her to be like, you've got to integrate this if you want to manifest this thing, which is so clear. That's the whole crux of our work. But on a more spiritual level, the universe's entire experience with us, its dance with us, its intention is to get us back into our whole worthy, authentic selves before we experience any pain, shame, or any type of trauma, et cetera. And ultimately at the end of the day, that's complete connectedness. That's complete trust, right? That's complete knowing that the universe is holding you through everything. So the bigger theory could be here is that the universe is just trying to get you back into that expansive state of oneness, connectedness through each little step that you go through. And I think just to answer your question again, so for anybody who's like, wait, this kind of resonates that being attached to the struggle. I've got to look into that. I just want to get back to that point really quickly. Note whatever the struggle represents to you, that's what you're having to unblock. It's not the struggle itself, just like your mom got to see in real time. But yeah, that would be my thoughts on that over the whole. I mean, that's fantastic. So great that she got to the bottom of it. I'm like, did she sell the place? I'm on the edge. She just got an offer. So we'll see. It might be a test, but it might be the manifestation. So after she did a lot of the inner child work, it's so funny. She's so cute. She's sending me pictures like, I'm so happy today. I feel great. Like it's really working. (laughs) Wow. That is so awesome to hear. That's so cool. Especially like how old's your mom? I mean, does she mind if we share that? Yeah. She, she's in her sixties. So it's like, you can do this at any point. Yo, like it works yeah. for everybody, anybody. Like it's just so cool that that she's doing that and willing to. That's so cool. Yeah. And it's powerful too because she's really giving her inner child so much space. Just to give an example of the unblocking, like when she went in and had that memory of, okay, that was so scary when my dad didn't have work and it was so stressful around the house. And we were really cutting money each which way. And I think one of the things that was really, really scary is at one point they were, because she was a, a family of four kids, they were like, we can't provide for all the kids. So we might have to like have some of the kids go stay at like an aunt's and uncle's and have them care for them. So like there was a threat of like, oh my God, my family's breaking up. I could lose attachment to my caregivers. That's so scary. So, so traumatic, so traumatic. So I think her going back in and being her higher self and talking to her inner child at that age and saying like, hey, I know this is so scary, but I got you. I've lived through it. 
and they're actually fine. Dad was able to find work. It worked out okay. Everything's good. You don't have to worry about money like this. You've already set yourself up in a great way that this will never happen to you. You feel that fear very real, but you're satisfying and soothing that inner child who still feels like, wait, what if this happens? It's almost like debunking the assumptions. That is so big. Yeah, the theme of this episode is going to be you're only manifesting from where your inner child stops in ratio to the thing you're calling in. Whatever its experience was with that, that's what you're manifesting, right? That's what your reality is uh, in ratio to that that focus and topic. A hundred percent. For anyone at home who's like, I don't know, a few people were saying, you know, I don't think I'm getting tested or triggered or they can't find their blocks. Like really take a look at what are the places that are asking you to set, like look at the checklist for tests. Where are things impeding on your boundaries? Where are you settling and playing small? What are things that are pressing upon a core wound? If lack is a core wound and it's always been so scary and activating to spend money, where is that being pressed upon in some way? And then the the real root core wound block underneath all of it is what was the belief that made your inner child feel not safe that this block was then created for? And take that through, you know, the unblocked DI, the inner child DI, like really give them what they are needing And when you can do that again and again and have a real emotional reaction to it, things will start shifting very quickly. Agreed. Agreed. So excited. Well, write us in. Let us know what comes through, what blocks that you may have had an aha moment about listening to this episode and what things you want to show up for yourself now and show up for your inner child for for 2023. I think the best ending point too is, do we have any little guidance or insight of how to finish out the challenge strong? So, okay. So the next two weeks of the challenge, we have unblocking this week. If you're keeping up next week, we're going to go into aligned action, clearing space, pings, which is going to be so huge. And then that final week of the challenge is about the missing piece. What I really want to hammer home to people is when you are finding your blocks, your tests, the next step of once you've unblocked that is taking that action in real life. So kind of when I was saying in my story about, okay, yes, my belief under there is my needs don't matter, but what ways am I still behaving like they don't matter? Where am I not speaking up? Where do I need to clear space? Where do I need to set boundaries? That will all be next week and very clear on what aligned action you need to take in order to connect with it. So just get excited when you find your blocks because now you can unblock and reprogram, but then you can start to take action that backs up that new belief that you're creating for yourself. Amazing. I love that. And I think just really, really having follow through get into the community group, connect with people. If you're stuck on something and you're like, I don't get this, this thing came up, is this a test, et cetera? Just hop in there and ask people, ask your peers. That would be my two cents. Like just really see this through. And if you're listening to this and you're like, I fell off, go back and do it. If you're brand new to it, go through it fresh. But if you're not, if you're seasoned, you've been doing this work, find one focused thing you want to take all the way through the challenge. Really, really let this work work for you in this really special time to kick off the new year. 
And for any expansion for anyone out there, you know, I started the challenge and I have been following along, but Daniel in his own Aries way is just starting the challenge this week. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so he has plenty of time to go week over week and is we're going to have the challenge open until the end of February. So even if you start literally today, you don't have to skip any steps. You can go straight through and connect with your manifestation. And just think about it. Lacey is so close to a big manifestation. I manifested already a huge thing on my list we're not even done with the challenge yet. So just know by showing up, by dedicating to this work, so much can shift. You can move through those blocks. It feels so different on the other side of those blocks. I I wish I could have the words to describe to you the feelings of it, but it is just something you, you have to resonate with in your body. And it is so powerful. So I wish that all for you in the new year. Yeah, same, same excited. Keep us posted, especially in the community group. Yes. All right. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode and was expansive for you. I just wanted to reiterate how you can navigate through your tests and really find your blocks. Just surmise for you guys going through this. So take a look at your tests, whether it's an opportunity test or a trigger test. What is being asked of you here? What fear do you need to step through? What way do you need to show up for yourself in a way that you haven't before? And get to the root of that test. Why is it so triggering? What belief is beneath the surface? So for example, with my winter cabin trip, the underlying root in every single test I had, even though it came in many different forms, was Do you feel deserving enough to take care of yourself? Do you feel deserving enough to put yourself first, even over the needs of others? That was the underlying theme through every single thing. And when I said yes, 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 in all aspects of my life, that was able to come through. And then it's really reprogramming that belief. In order to say yes, I had to sit with my inner child and say, you're deserving. It's okay. You're safe. In the ways that you didn't feel before to do this, now you are. Taking that unblocked DI, inner child DI to heal that. And then taking the actions to back it up. Setting boundaries, speaking my needs, putting that first. And then the manifestation can come through. So hopefully that's helpful for you guys. And one other thing I wanted to add to my manifestation story that I think is really important, especially listening back, I was like, oh, we touched on lack with my mom and that kind of played a factor into my trip as well. The last piece that we were able to manifest the perfect stay, I wanted cozy cabin vibes to stay in, but wasn't specific on a hotel. I just wanted to be somewhat in town. And when it came down to the wire, we got the perfect aligned flights, right timing, you know, direct flights under three hours, which is what we were hoping for. And when it came to the stay, we had one hotel that had not great reviews, loud kids running about, but was in our price range. We had another hotel that was gorgeous, incredible, but really way beyond what we were willing to spend or what we were thinking of spending. And I had to take that lack mindset through the DI and say, is this lack? Do I actually have the money to spend this? And does this feel aligned to spend it on myself for this hotel? And 
after doing the DI, I was like, okay, you know what? If nothing else presents and this is our last option, I'm actually willing to spend this much. It's above what I thought it was, but I am prepared to do that because I know I'm worth it. I've expanded myself through purchasing my couch, my laptop. I know that my block through everything is, are you going to put yourself first? Everything else for the trip was so aligned that I was like, okay, if it comes to that and nothing else presents, I know I have this spot to book, even though it's more than I wanted. And then right after I got out of that DI, I got a message from a friend that I met through this TBM community who typically has someone stay in her cabin over the holidays and there was no one staying there this year. And she said, I know this is kind of left field and feel free to say no, no pressure, but I'd love to gift you and Daniel a stay at the cabin because it would be a shame to let it go unused through the holiday. When I got this message, it was a full body yes. I literally screamed. I was jumping up and down. I was like, Daniel, the manifestation fully came through. We have a spot to stay. We don't have to stay at that hotel. We don't have to spend beyond our budget. We can keep it on the exact number we wanted for our manifestation list. I was floored. And honestly, magic is part of my authentic code. This felt like magic. And I share this with you because I think that We can have an idea of what we want to manifest, but it's so important to just get to the core essence. If I said I want to stay at the only luxury hotel and this was it, I was limiting myself to so many other things that could have taken place in so many other ways I could have gotten exactly what I wanted. So we got complete silence cabin vibes, isolation, restorative nature, but we could go to those fancy hotels. We hung out in there almost every single day sitting by the fireplace, journaling, coffee, all the things. So I got every single thing I possibly wanted. And the last thing to help expand you guys is one of the days I was there, I was at the Four Seasons. I just sat with a TBM Magnetic Meetup, just felt so much love and joy for this community. And I seriously think you guys are the freaking best because every time I meet you all, I'm just so enamored at how powerful and sweet and magical you all are. But after meeting with them, I sat by the fireplace and I was journaling, doing the trust muscle DI and exercise so I could really soak in. When I put my needs first, the world opens up. And it was just such a powerful experience. Know that it is so, so possible for you. Showing up for yourself is so possible. You deserve it. And you will come back from an experience like that. Like I feel so refreshed, inspired, and ready to to serve and be generous and give back and do all the things that I felt come at me. So it's such a symbiotic relationship. When you take care of yourself, you can help take care of others in such a new way. I'm so excited for you guys to finish out this challenge. If you're new and just starting out, it is going to be so powerful. It's not too late to start. We keep saying this over and over again. If you start the challenge today, you can go through every single day. You are not behind. You are in your perfect divine timing. Please share with us as things are coming up, what you're manifesting. You are so worth it. And on to 2023.